So we continue looking at this uh, chapter, chapter 5, where Paul makes some absolutely astounding uh, revelations, gives us uh, the knowledge that uh, the extensiveness of Christ's uh, salvation and justification of the world is equal to the extensiveness of Adam's sin. That is, as all men have sinned and come under the power of death, so all men and women will come under the power of the justifying life of Jesus Christ. Now, some of you, when hearing me say this, will say, well, Colin, uh, you don't seem to know much about Scripture. What about the sheep and the goats? And, well, I will say that it's very difficult to bring in this subject of the of God's salvation of all on a short radio broadcast because, uh, well, there simply isn't much time. But um, let me say as a few things, if I can. Uh, what we first of all need to understand is the context in which Jesus uh, makes uh, says so many things. First of all, we need to review what we've discovered, uh, all of us, as we've read the Old Testament, if you give it thought, um, that what is the purpose of the judgments of God. Um, this helps us to get nearer to what happens to the goats as uh, the sheep are brought into salvation, but the goats into eternal punishment. What is that? First of all, then, the judgments, I'm just reviewing now here, the judgments, both in life and after death, lead people to redemption because in the midst of the judgments, God provides atonement and forgiveness to the whole house of Israel. Now, you want to look that up in Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 60 to 63. Even though these judgments are so powerful upon Israel, they... Uh, they include atonement for Israel, for the whole house of Israel, not just a remnant. Two, God's judgments were not a final rejection of Israel, but were for the purposes of seizing Israel by the heart. That's uh, Ezekiel 14, verse 5. So, number one, uh, or A, let's uh, list them that way. When he renders to them what they deserve, they shall know that I am the Lord. That's 7, verse 27. B. When judging them according to their ways, they shall know that I am the Lord. That is uh, Ezekiel 7, verses 8 and 9. C. When they are destroyed even. Can you believe this? When they are destroyed, they shall know that I am the Lord. That's 13. Uh, Ezekiel 13, verses 13 and 14. And D, when they fall by the sword, they shall know that I am the Lord. That's Ezekiel 11, verses 8 to 10. So you see, this, this, these judgments bring people to a knowledge of God's as being the Lord. Now, this is a saving knowledge, mind you. Point three, the saving knowledge that God is the Lord comes to them through the consequences of their sins. Take a look at Ezekiel 20. I defiled them through their very gifts in their offering up all their firstborn, that I might devastate them. I did it that they might know that I am the Lord. That's Ezekiel 20, verses 25 and 26. And so God allows us to be devastated by our sins so that we come to know that God is the Lord. 
Now, number four, point four, it is the forgiveness of God that provides a knowledge of the Lord. This is not a damning knowledge of the Lord. It's a saving knowledge of the Lord. When God renews his covenant with Israel and atones for their sins through Christ's death, then they shall know that I am the Lord. That's Ezekiel 16, verses 60 to 63. It says there so that you may remember and be ashamed and never open your mouth any more because of your shame when I provide you an atonement for all that you have done, says the Lord. You see, once he's provided the atonement for us, then we begin to realize how uh, shameful our behavior has been. Number five. God uses the imagery of a fiery furnace to explain to Israel that he is melting them down to remove all the dross from them. So you shall be melted. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have poured out my wrath upon you. Ezekiel 22 verses 18 to 22. And point six, even though Israel believed that their hope was lost and that we are indeed cut off, those are quotations, God promised to raise the whole house of Israel from the dead. Quote, And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. That's Ezekiel 37, verses 11 to 14. Do you see that the <laughs> the gospel is in the Old Testament? So the meaning of the fiery furnace. It's hardly necessary, when you think of it, to state how compelling these verses are in relation to Jesus' separation of the sheep and the goats. They are like magnets drawing on to the forceful attraction of Jesus' words. When Jesus tells us that at his second coming, the angels will go forth and gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, the goats, the tares, all the hardened ones, and cast them into a fiery furnace, the words of Ezekiel immediately come to mind. Let's read them. Son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. They are all bronze, tin, iron, and lead. In the midst of a furnace, they have become dross from silver. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have all become dross, therefore, behold, I will gather you into the middle of, midst of Jerusalem, as men gather fr- uh, silver, bronze, iron, lead, and tin into the midst of a furnace to blow fire on it, to melt it. So I will gather you in my anger and in my fury, and I will leave you there and melt you. Yes, I will gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath, and you shall be melted in the midst as silver is melted in the midst of a furnace, so shall you be melted in its midst, midst. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have poured out my fury upon you. That's Ezekiel 22, verses 18 to 22. You see, this imagery would be well known to Jesus' audience, for they were the very people who were still feeling some of the heat of its affliction from the later occupational forces in Israel's land still. So they would understand that Jesus' declaration of a fiery furnace for the goats and tares meant that the goats will go into a period of great trial, even death, but not the crass, horrifying Christian pagan teaching of throwing the majority of mankind into a vast cauldron of fire in which their flesh and brains burn but refuse to be consumed so that they will wail and gnash their teeth in minute by minute, non-stop, in endless agony? No, that's nonsense. 
such a judgment bears no resemblance to the complexity of things going on in the eternal crisis, God's passionate, loving, wrathful entanglement with humanity and how he is calling forth humanity's response. And it is completely contrary to the tech contexts that God has provided. This fiery furnace is an image of final judgment that brings people to know something. That is, that God the Lord has poured out his fury upon you. Ezekiel 22.22 As we have seen, that involves a process of rational awareness. I can't quote all these texts. Jeremiah 25 uh, and uh, chapter 2 and Isaiah 5 verse 4. But I'll, So I'll have to uh, go on without quoting them all. There isn't enough time. This is a judgment that melts pride, that humbles hearts, that leads to disgust over idols, which now lie like so much slag at their feet. And therefore it's a judgment that leads to a redemptive wailing and gnashing of teeth, a wailing and gnashing of regret as they realize what they have lost and what they could have had if they had not wasted their life on idols. A wailing and teeth gnashing of jealousy as they see the mercy and glory they saved receive from God. A wailing and teeth gnashing of anger towards God over his supposed favor of the sheep over the goats. A wailing and teeth gnashing of violence as they are drawn into the, that magog of battles, you remember, and actually go for God's throat. That's Revelation 20. It's the wailing and teeth gnashing of remorse as they see how they have uh, shown contempt for their own brothers and sisters of the world. That's Matthew 25. The wailing and teeth gnashing of terror as God rises to show the fury and jealousy in his face whilst they are still naked and exposed in their sins. A wailing and teeth gnashing as all their excuses are stripped bare and God's arguments of what more could he have done overwhelms them. That's Jeremiah 25. The wailing and teeth gnashing of crushing sadness. Grief and longing as they look upon the Lamb on the throne as though slain, and they behold him whom they have pierced. That says, you remember that in Zechariah 12 and Revelation 5? And when the eternal love of God draws their attention, that's the attention of the goats, to what the Lamb has done for them, it is the wailing of souls who are drained of hope. Yet against all hope, hope that the Lamb will signal the possibility of God's mercy, and like children lost, pausing to be sure, they bawl their eyes out and rush, hands outstretched into the arms of their waiting Father. And thus God, whose faithfulness reaches to the clouds, has mercy on all. That's Romans 11.32. You see, God loves the goats too. And since they did not receive uh, Jesus by, for their salvation by faith, then he has to take them through the judgments. But those judgments are not unto death. Yes, they are the furnace of fire, but not this crude burning of flesh and brain that will not die, but rather taking them through the great trials that the judgment, the final judgment will bring 
where the revelation of their sins and the revelation of the mighty love and greatness and power of God and his mercy will bring them to an end of themselves and will bring them to their knees and they will call out for mercy and God will have mercy on the goats because according to Romans chapter 11 verse 32 he has imprisoned all under sin that he might have mercy on all. You see, God loves the goats as well as the sheep. But the sheep, through their trials, were ready to receive his mercy. But the goats were not. And so they have had to go and will have to go through trials of judgment until mercy comes, to, until they are ready for mercy too. I want you to look at all the texts in the New Testament that refer to the Pharisees and to the hardening of their hearts. Do you think that was just an accident that their hearts were hardened? No, it was not. Jesus was provoking them. You see, they were the goats. They were being provoked to hardness. Why? Not because God hated them and Jesus hated them, but because Jesus loved them. And that hardening of hearts brings them to a place of psychological trauma. They cannot stand the pressure. In the judgment, the hardened of hearts will be so overwhelmed by the might and the glory and the grace of God and the revelation of their lives that it will bring them to their brokenness. And so, God saves all. He is a faithful shepherd of the sheep and the goats. Thanks for joining me today, everyone. Colin Cook here and How It Happens. And as you may know, I'm writing a manuscript on this whole subject, a very expansive and ex uh, extensive manuscript. It's taking me a long time. But when you get it, you will be fascinated, delighted and thrilled. So uh, if you would like to support the program and this broadcast and this ministry, you may send your donations to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or you may make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. Remember you, remember, you can listen to this broadcast any time of the night or day on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com and key in how it happens when you get there. See you next time. Cheerio and God bless.